one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Now with the mystery of Lacra's state and origin brought to light, it's time to complete the task the party was originally sent down here for. But in order to retrieve the beauty mask Habina requires, they'll have to go back and confront the other group they may or may not have burned bridges with. Time to make some last-minute preparations. Items are crafted, intel is gathered, and interactions turn sour. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory attempt to wrap up their business. You all take a moment to recollect yourselves in the room that was at one point a mind transference system. The handful of tanks that would have at one point held either a body or an automaton sitting around the room, some smashed, a few intact. And the colony of shin spinners still chittering and chattering in the various corners of the room now seeing you as their own. The automaton Lacra has offered to help you out in your quest to find the artifact of a beauty mask to take back and trade to Habina for more information about her dealings with the lexicon. But you know in order to get back there, you're going to have to interact with the other group that is down here that you did your best to contain within the other rooms you left behind, as they did to you. Is there anything you do before you head that way? Hmm. I'm going to be taking my staff and hitting it against the wall to try to practice keeping my grip on it, because that seems to be a problem. Just constantly losing it? It keeps popping out of my hand when I try to do things. That's not very nice of it, so it and I need to get better acquainted, I think. Jory's working on her grip strength. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have one of those weird little hand weight things? No, but that's a great idea springs. if we're going to the fabricating room. Ooh, that's some, like, there that's, you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do have to go back through that room. Any other preparations? Do we think it would be useful to create something to give to this other group? Perhaps an offering, something to uh, keep them from trying to murder us on sight? Like a big old I'm sorry banner or something like that? We are going through the fabrication room. Perhaps some sort of flower arrangement. I'm not inclined to... Small and smirking, by the way. <laughs> Now, are you talking like an actual flower arrangement or one that's got some kind of specialized pollen that does something small, any? 
If I had poisonous pollen, don't you think I would have used it by now? Who's to say you haven't? Hmm? That depends entirely on what it does. That's fair. But no, I was merely making a joke. Mm-hmm. Uneasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get the impression that you don't make jokes often. Is that what I'm picking up? Tana asks and kind of looks between the three of you. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I make jokes every once in a while. I feel like not everyone finds them funny. The dark humor sort? You could say that. Mm. Good to know. Listen, Smarin thinks it's hilarious every time she sneaks up on Nehemiah. It's not not funny. (laughs) The six of you start heading back down through the hallways. You head out of this room and go down through the hallway that looks like it has been carved out from stone. And heading down all of those statues, whispering, Lacra, 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 as you go through. And you actually have to pause for a moment as Automaton Lacra, Construct Lacra, takes a moment at each of the statues and touches their shoulder as though greeting a friend of some sort, and then moves on to the next one and does the same thing. Mm-hmm. You head up to the door that opened up into this secret passage. Jor, you had jammed it with a climbing spike on your way through. It still stands in place, so no one has been here since, been through this way. Would you like to remove it? Uh, yes. Okay, you go through the door, you're able to open it up from this side, and you again see the room with a circular moat of liquid and the four orange pillars in the center. Continue on, and you reach the factory, the room that is creating all the various things out of synth. And as you are about to step into the room, Smallrun, you take a step ahead and look for the poison spikes, caltrops that you had thrown out throughout this area. Yes. Are they still where I left them? These ones are where you left them, yes. I will very delicately gather those back up and kind of fold them in a spare bit of cloth and tuck them into my poisoning kit. (laughs) The age-old trick of don't touch that magic item, it could be cursed. Pick it up with a towel. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't touch skin, it doesn't count. That's is just that just math. a thing that we that's, came up with, or is that, that like no, universal? It's, it's everything. I think it's universal. It's, it's very universal. much the like, here, take this hanky. This, this half a millimeter of freshly starched <laughs> cotton will protect you from all. <laughs> Why are we using this for armor? <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. The best armor was clothes all along. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Forget about your friends. <laughs> Listen, that's not necessarily wrong. I could go into heavy detail, and I will, about cloth and its... Anyway. (laughs) You got the seamstress on a tear. Yeah. Listen. Is there anything you want to make in this room before you continue on? I believe we discussed flowers and an apology (laughs) of some kind. More Um. money. (laughs) Question. When we were looking at the various things that we could make things from using this room, I don't remember. Could we create food with this? Like, does it have the ability to, like, make molded chocolates or anything like that? (laughs) You could make a mold for chocolate, (laughs) but not the chocolate itself. The only materials that are available here are synthetic ones. So we're talking plastics, rubbers, harder things, more flexible ones. Nothing that would be edible, not metal, not wood, not fabric. 
gosh, what kind of super future facility is this? They don't even have the fancy chocolate 3D printer. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't the kitchen. (laughs) That's a kitchen? Though, to be fair, you probably could print like a synthetic fabric now that I'm thinking about it. I just, I mean like natural fibers. No, never mind. That's a that's a thing that Bridget's excited about. Small remote care. <laughs> kind of a genuine question. Can it make a very very small airtight cooling thing? It can make a very small airtight container. The ability to cool it would have to come from something else. I I I yes. Mm. What if it was a thermos container? Like a double wall. It could keep something cold. It could keep something yes. cold. Cool. But not cool it. Interesting. That would be something a bit more of a complex Numenera oddity cipher situation. If you want to have it keep something hot, keep something cold that already is that temperature, yeah, absolutely. You can make a thermos. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, how else do you keep gelato from getting freeze Oh my God. Wait, 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 no. We're back, baby. We're back, baby. No, because it wouldn't be able to necessarily create like the actual electrical whatever components, but I feel like you should still be able to create an ice cream maker. You could because it's a little just, mechanical. Yeah, if you just put it in rock salt too, like you yeah. had the thermos and you just spun it. That would work. 100%. Again, you can make any sort of mechanical piece. If there is like electrical components or Numenera style components, not really a thing. Like it can't do wiring, it can't do any of that. But if you wanted to make an ice cream machine, like a like a hand crank one that you put ice into, 100%. I would like to make one of those. I would like to make a very, very tiny one of those for experiments. Single serving gelato machine. <laughs> <laughs> There are not plans for this. There are plans for, like, a thermos, so you can modify those. So I'm going to have you make an intellect level three roll to try and make these plans as precise as possible. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I'm so excited. Intellect level three. Untrained. Unless you think there's something you could train in. I really don't, other than enthusiasm. Oh, success with a 15. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, you can make it. Uh, it's... Mm-hmm. Kind of like a little pint-sized ice cream maker. You will have to add your own ice and salt and cream That's or whatever else it is, but... Perfectly yeah. fine. I will take that and cherish it. Forever? I certainly hope so. Wonderful. Anything else? Yes, I've done the stupid thing, so somebody else should do something useful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay if not. I just will offer the opportunity before you move on. No, I promise I'd stop breaking the economy. <laughs> you do you want to break the economy more? Why not break the economy a little more? Break it a little more. Like we can, you can break the economy a little bit. Let's think about this logically. Like we're heading into probably multiple situations where we're going to have to bribe gangsters, (sighs) potentially provide some sort of ransom. Yeah, hey, hey, Zan, can can I do another hundo? Yeah, you can do another hundo shins. Yeah, two hundred and four shins. Bitbit comes down and gives the mechanism, the plans that you had mm-hmm. copied over, and a couple little beeps and boops mm-hmm. prints you out. It's pretty quick because shins are small, another yep. hundred shins. Thanks, Bit. Remember to get, go ahead and take that off of there, too. Can't have anybody. Yep. Pulls it back out. I also am ever so slightly endeared by the fact that we're worried about breaking the economy in increments of a hundred shins. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, look, that's, look, that's very a large, sweet. A large amount of cash is a liability. Yeah. If somebody sees us rolling up and we've got like shins pouring out of our pockets, which if we're getting into the thousands, that's what's happening. That's that true. is dangerous for us. Yes, that's true. That is true. Like if we were going to set up shop here in town, this would be a different story. Right. But we are going to leave at some point. And Nehemiah would like to leave very soon because somebody's in town and he does not want to have an interaction. So for the idea of like what a hundred shins could buy you, two of the things on like the special equipment list that cost a hundred shins. Mm -hmm. One of them is brilliance cloth, which is a synthetic cloth that can obey the thoughts of anyone touching it. Huh. It changes shape, color, and can go about any major change to create almost any garment you want. As well as spray flesh that covers and seals wounds instantly. Oh. Okay. Okay. Cool. So 100 shins is is perfectly fine walking around money. Yeah. Is yeah. what I'm hearing. Sweet. Yeah. Nehemiah, I don't suppose yeah. I could bum like maybe 10 or 20 shins. <laughs> I print another 100 shins and give it. <laughs> I know I print a 200 more shins and give each of them another 100. I, I currently have one and there's a <laughs> rainbow beast up on the street that I need to defeat. Oh God. I forgot about the rainbow meat on a stick. The rainbow kebab oh, challenge. Rainbow kebab challenge. Nehemiah, you take that back from her right now. <laughs> so Jory and Smallrin both have a hundred shins as well. Okay. How in the world did you figure out how to print shins? Um, it's easier than you think. That's fair. Honestly, I wouldn't have thought of it. I Yeah, I, I would recommend not doing that too much. It's uh, dangerous information to have and knowing how to do it. Is that information you plan on trading? It's crossed my mind. Fair enough. Somebody else's danger to have. Keep that in mind. We've got investors who helped us get down here. This will pay off our debt to them and take it out of our hands. Is my brother one of them? No. You're the... Uh, you're what the he shin. hoped to secure. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> what he hoped to secure at the end of all of this. So we're good on that front. No, it's somebody way seedier. Oh, good. Yeah. I. Uh, well, I mean, not good in the sense that you're talking to someone way seedier, I guess. But um, I'm glad that that's not something that my brother is getting himself involved in. There it is. All right, and you continue on. Mm hmm. As you make it up to the room that had all of the automatons moving through, going through all the various portals and interacting with all the information panels, you still hear them moving around. They haven't stopped. Nothing slowed them down. And as you reach the door, a handful, uh, it looks like, of the poison spikes in here have been moved around, though it is hard to tell whether or not that is from the automatons or the people who were in the other room. Do any of them have blood, any indication that they have been stepped upon or any of them bent or does it just look like they've been pushed around? Most of them look like they've been pushed around. There's a handful though that look like they have been stepped on. They may have found at least one of my booby traps. Alright, eyes up. You collect the handful that are still viable. How would you like to approach? You are heading down the hallway from the automaton room, number 14, down to the room that had the glass bottom, number 15. How would you like to make your way? Confidently? Quietly? 
Um, Casually? Honey, I'm home. Small room, why don't you go ahead and take the lead, go ahead and sneak ahead, scope out what's going on. I'll follow a couple of paces behind just in case something happens, and we'll go from there. Perhaps I go ahead alone and you wait here out of sight for any sign of disturbance. Mm-hmm. And Smallrin's gonna vanish. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go invisible and then creep down the hallway. You move down the hallway. I would like to be checking for traps of theirs as I go as well. For sure. Nothing down the hallway. As you approach the door, you see the force field up. There's something different about it, though. They've changed something about it. And not in the way that it was changed before, like you heard the lock right. sound different. It always looked the same. No, this has a different quality to it. Correct. Rather than kind of being that like clear, but like shimmery, iridescent, opalescent field, this time there is a greenish hue to it. Can I still see through it, though? Could I see the you room can. beyond? It is still translucent, just has a bit of a tint to it. Okay. Are they in the room? They are. You can't see all of them. It looks like the thin, sharp, and and intense-looking person is looking at that column that has all of the interface screens on it. You see the person who you believe to be the leader looking down at the floor. Uh, You do not immediately see Falco, the one person you know the name of, and then the wide-shouldered fighter-looking type. You can, carefully looking throughout the room, you can kind of see just the edge of where he is, kind of out of sight of the door. You can assume that they're probably just out of view. Listening, you hear the person at the central interface talking about things, pressing buttons, listing off different qualities different items, occasionally tapping on something and having it illuminate on the floor. The leader is going around and seeing things in the floor and like pointing at it and trying to describe it and figure out where it might be listed within that database. Has anything besides the appearance of the door force field changed? Is there any sort of additional sound, like a crackle or any anything else that would give an indication what it what has changed about it? It smells a little different. Normally it doesn't smell like anything. Right. You are used to the kind of metallic underground smell that most ruins of this style have, but there's something in the air almost acidic. Somewhere between the sharp smell of like citrus, not pleasant though, mm. but that sharpness you get along with like ozone, very acrid. That sounds like some sort of acid trap terribleness. Smallrin is going to head back down the hallway into the next room. Mm -hmm. She doesn't necessarily control the length of how long Vanish goes, but she knows how long it takes to dissipate. So she heads back in, positions herself directly behind Nehemiah, (laughs) and waits for it to go away. (laughs) And then taps him on the shoulder. (laughs) Why? Oh, really? Oh, really? She just kind of smirks at you. Oh, that kind of humor. (laughs) What did you find? They've done something to the doorway into the next room. They are all in there currently, as far as I can tell, except maybe Falco. Couldn't see her. But they've done something to the door. It isn't the right color. It's got a greenish tint to it. And there's a smell, acidic almost. So, what should we do? Lakra. Yes. D20. 
Do you have any control over the door system or access to information about it? I do, yes, I can. Activate and deactivate the doors. Is there a way built into the system to change the quality of the doors, or is this something they would have done on their own? Mm. There are ways to change the qualities of the door, but I don't think in the way that you are describing. You can make them more solid, less transparent, a little bit more substantial. Though, to my knowledge, changing them into something that smells acidic isn't something it can do on its own. Smorin pulls one of the um, caltrops out of her bag that she had picked up and very gently sniffs it. Does it smell like the poison that Smallrin used? It does. I do hate it when vindictive people are smart about it. Too much like me. Sort of the pot calling the kettle a pot? <laughs> you also do remember that the person who had been looking at the Numenera interface in that room had a lot of different ciphers and devices and things attached to her along with a belt of various vials and containers and bottles. Mm. All right. So what's the plan? Well, I think they may have found some way to infuse the same poison that I was using against them into the doorway into the room. Mm. The good news is I can potentially create an antidote for it. Potentially. I don't usually need one, so Mm. it's been a while. Are we planning just to go stomping through and get poisoned on purpose, then? No, but now that poison's in play, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have it on hand. Uh, Wasn't poison in play to begin with? Well, on our side, but now they know poison's in play, and unfortunately I think they also have a poison. Are you talking about the the one with all of the, the stuff around her belt? Yes. That's Raven. She's an alchemist. Ah. Aren't those two things sort of linked? Oh, I'm not saying they aren't. I'm just letting you know what I know. Oh. Mm. I don't know a lot about them, but I, I know what I did see, and she was constantly creating things, adding different tinctures to them, mixing different things over the fire. That's what she seems to spend her time doing. Very smart, like a whip. Mm. Which means that she definitely has the brains and ability to use poisons, but it won't be what she defaults to. Good to know. I think she has more of a... She's more of a right, I think. Using chemistry to her advantage, though? That makes sense with the door. I don't think she would have mixed a poison on her own, but since I provided one, she made use of it. Clever. That sounds correct. She seemed resourceful. Well, would we like to try to approach from the other side and see whether they've done this to both doors? That would be a good idea, or I could simply tell you. Let's go with that one. (laughs) I I like that one. Lakra goes over to one of the panels in this room with all of the moving automatons and presses a few buttons, takes a chip from the side of their head that's kind of been floating there and inserts it in, pulls it out a couple seconds later and puts it back next to their head. They have done something else to the other door, yes. I'm not sure if it's the same thing, but its state has been altered. Hmm. Should we just, um... Pull the trigger and, and like, um, body slam it. I think that's probably going to make the most sense. Just get in there. I mean, at this point, they're going to figure out something before we can get in there. So that's true. whichever door we can pop open quickest, 
I think that's going to be our best bet. I would like, now that we know they're making use of my poison, to at least try to come up with the antidote. Give me a few minutes. All right. Sure. All right. I will make that espionage, considering this is a poison you use. It will be level four, since that's the level of poison that you make. Beautiful. And we're going to spend four points of effort. Success with a 16. Nice. It takes you a moment, but knowing exactly what you put into the poison originally and working off your own knowledge of what those compounds were and a little bit off your mentor's notes about how to reverse engineer things, you come up with an antidote. I will say you have enough antidote to keep two people safe from it. You're also not sure how the door will trigger. Is it one person and then it dissipates or Or does it it keep going going as people? Yeah. Right. How about this? Why don't we try and open the door and we go with diplomacy from there? That way, if things start, we can go from there. Okay. Uh, Cool. And if they attack us first, then we have our answer. Absolutely. You, as a group, head to the door. Lakra comes with you. Mm Mm-hmm. And as you get up to the door, do you have Lakra open it or, George, do you use your key? I think it might be best to have Lakra do it. They're expecting you to use the key. True. Lakra goes up to the door and puts three of their fingers on top of those three lights. And they all blink momentarily as they're kind of like tapping them. And eventually, one at a time, boop, 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 they all turn green. And the force field drops, but you still see, as it that's happening, a cloud of that acidic-smelling stuff hangs in the air right there. It's not a barrier any longer, but it's almost as though it was kind of, like, attached to the door, and now that it's gone, it could dissipate after a while, but right now it's kind of just hanging in the air in the doorway. Mm. Now, the person you know is named Raven, looks up from the interface at the center of the room. Amiri, we have company. And she immediately goes back to doing what she's doing. (laughs) The leader, the one who is plainly dressed, but clearly powerful in his own right, Mm -hmm. steps forward. Mm. Well, welcome back. I think it's a surprise for both of us to be seeing each other. I think we've both put enough barriers in each other's way to say that's the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. Sorry. <sighs> he kind of just raises an eyebrow at Jory making that mm-hmm. laugh. All right. So this is what I'm thinking. You can tell me if this sounds good to you. We let you finish doing your thing. You let us do our thing. And nobody has to die. We talked about that last time, and y'all didn't really take too kindly to it, it seems. Oh, to be fair, though, you have done far more dangerous things. We simply trapped you in a room to give ourselves a little bit of time. Mm. You left poisoned spikes for us. Okay, first of all... After you trapped us in the room. If we... A trap is not damage. A trap is a deterrence. No, that's not true. If you're trapped in a room and you don't know anything about how you're trapped in a room, you could be trapped in that room forever and starve to death, and that's terrifying. So, so... Then I drastically overestimated your abilities. That's... Are you truly that inept? We got out, but there was never a guarantee, and you knew that. That's, That's true. Come on, don't, don't try and foist off your, you know, morality or responsibility. 
I'll take responsibility for it. But if you made it this far in the ruins, a simple jaw jam was never going to keep you for long. You didn't know that at the time, did you? Regardless. Are you going to let us do this peacefully or is this going to be a problem? Roll persuasion. This will be a level five. I will go ahead and spend for another two points as well. That is going to be a success with an 11. I think that could be arranged on one condition. That is? You said we get to finish here, correct? We won't interrupt a reasonable amount of time. Like, there is also something that we need to do in here, hence why we are here. Of course. If you're going to be a minute, if you don't mind us cutting in just to go ahead and do our thing and then bounce out of here, you can have the whole ruins to yourself. We're on a mission. If you want to have your time to, like, really plumb the depths here, that's going to be the best way for all of us to get out of here. Nehemiah. What? What if they're after the same thing that we are? That could be Then things get complicated. Okay, I just thought I'd ask. Thank you. Welcome. Yay. (laughs) Oh, Jory. I'm overcompensating because I'm very nervous. That construct you have with you. Yeah? I'll let you have this space now if we can have that. Construct stays down here. (laughs) Does it? Uh. (laughs) Sorry. You seem to think I'm making quite a few jokes Oh, I don't. I don't think you're making a joke. I don't think you know what you're asking. Making jokes and being ridiculous are two different things. That's that's fine. I mean, you could ask, I guess. The interaction we had with it was that it was just a terrible, mindless thing earlier. It shouldn't be too hard to deactivate. Hmm. Yeah, it's not a terrible, mindless thing anymore. We actually fixed it so that we could learn about what's going on down here. It's a wealth of knowledge that in its current state, is perfectly acceptable where it is. I am perfectly acceptable where I am. Thank you. That's a very good attitude. And my duty lies here within the ruins, as they are now. This facility is my home and my purpose. Oh, so you did change it. Wonderful. Then I guess you're just going to have to wait, aren't you? Who else is in the room? You do not see Falco, but if anyone is taking time to look around the room at all and not just interact with the people, you'll see a small trail of blood around the corner into the one corner that you can't see from Mm -hmm. either doorway. Not like massive amounts, like maybe stepped on a poison spike amounts. All right, how long are you gonna be? He looks over to Raven. A time estimate? A few hours, probably. You ever end up at the grocery store and the person in front of you has like 8,000 things and then you've got the one thing and you just want to check out? This is kind of the situation we're in right now. I understand that. But you've caused direct harm to our group where we have not. And you will abide to the conditions that I have here. I don't know, Tana, what do you think about them not causing direct harm to this group? I thoroughly disagree with that. And she's been kind of like hiding behind Lacra, who is a, mm-hmm. a large enough figure that that is possible. She says, she goes, I thoroughly disagree with that. And Amiri goes, you, <laughs> you petty thief. This is who you associate with. No. I know who you associate with. You have nowhere to talk. Do you now? I'm very curious. I've run with Serratus before. What a pile of absolute steaming that is. I know exactly the level of honor that it goes on in those camps. So don't come to me and talk to me about the company that somebody keeps. Hmm. 
Hand over the girl. She can pay for her crimes with us, and we'll move on. That seems a bit medieval. I don't see any law enforcement down here. Are the Thryn present? No, I didn't think so. <sighs> it seems, and Smarin gestures at the blood on the floor, that whoever was hurt, I'm guessing Falco, as I don't see her, is indisposed. As a gesture of goodwill, I do have an antidote for this poison. I trust your goodwill about as much as I trust any of you. You don't have to trust it. I have two doses and there's a cloud hanging right here. I'll take it, step through it, wait five minutes, and if I don't die, your friend won't either. That still doesn't change the fact that I have dealings to handle with that person behind you. Your goodwill is all and great. Are you offering a trade? Is that what you're saying? That I relieve my misgivings about this situation for the fact that you will give the antidote of a terrible poison to my sister? Oh, terrible poison. That's high praise. What all did Tana tell us that she did to them? Yeah, so Tana told you that she had tried to join up with them, mm -hmm. but they ended up taking her hostage for information and for help because mm -hmm. they didn't trust her. Mm -hmm. They kept her tied up in a tent all night, at least, and then she didn't give specifics about anything else that might have happened, mm -hmm. um, but did not insinuate that she was treated well. And then she had stolen their uh, instant cook and made off with it. Gotcha. Smallrin turns to Tana. Is there something you didn't tell us about your interaction with this group? They did mention something about ransoming me off. Uh, they didn't seem too keen on making sure I was taken care of. That was pretty much it. Okay. So am I right in assuming that you all are not going to work with us on this then? without giving up either a construct or human life. Is that, am, am I reading that all correctly? Unless you're willing to wait the handful of hours that we've stated. See, here's the thing. The last time we took you at your word, we ended up locked in a room. So I have a feeling this isn't gonna go well for you. Then what do you suggest? I suggest you leave right now. You go to Serratus, you tell him what happened. And who sent us? Doesn't matter. You've got my description. That'll be enough for him. See, going back empty-handed, as I'm sure you know, if you've worked with him as much as you said, mm. is a bad choice. It's not great, but you might survive that one. Wait, empty-handed? Does that mean you're after something specific? Because there's lots of things around here that you could have taken so far. We've taken quite a bit. So that's not empty-handed. So there is something specific. Perhaps. I think we'll take our chances with you. <sighs> That's a mistake. Nehemiah pulls the heavy crossbow that he has never gotten to use off his back, yes! <laughs> aims through the poison field, and fires. That's going to be a level five, and I, it's a ranged weapon, so I believe that's going to be speed, but let me double check on that. Yeah, yep. speed. Speed, okay, cool. Yep. I am uh, going to add uh, two points of effort onto that. That's gonna be a 19 success. Ooh. Yeah. Yes, it is. All right, so a heavy crossbow is a heavy weapon, so that does do That's seven six damage. points of damage. Seven damage with your extra, Ooh. Yes. plus the three plus of four minor the 19 I assume you want to use, um, or do you want a minor effect? 
I will actually take the minor effect. Okay. And I kind of want it to have a twofold thing. One, I want it to pick up the poison that's in the door. <laughs> Easily. And I want it to clear the poison in the door so that we can actually get in there. I think those two could easily happen. Excellent. Okay, so we do seven. So that's an extra five points of poison damage. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. The bolt shoots through the poison field and hits Amiri, I assume, in the chest and the head. Where were you aiming? Yep, square in the chest. And he stumbles back hard. Mm -hmm. And you see that the green cloud had swirled around the crossbow as it went through that airfield, kind of pulling it with it, wrapping it around that bolt. And as it hits him, that wound kind of like foams a little bit as the poison starts taking hold. You see that there is something underneath his clothing, maybe some sort of breastplate, but it goes through that mm -hmm. even. And as you hold that up, you see the other people in the room react immediately. Raven, the person at the center console, reach into her bag and start pulling things out and putting something together. Mm -hmm. And she yells out, Zerk! He goes, already on it. And the armor that he is wearing unravels from him in these long silver threads that start whipping around in his arms. And you vaguely and quietly hear Falco's voice from around the corner saying, for the love of God. And you know what? We'll save initiative for next time. And that's where we'll call game. Oh. Starting to fight. Starting fights. Yeah, <laughs> I got to say the cool thing and land the hit this time. <laughs> no, no, that was very clutch. That was awesome. Was perfect. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 91 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store, as well as our Patreon, if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I would love to thank Enoch, Joel, and Patrick for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. Of course, you can find our hosts on Twitter as well. Myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then... May your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zane Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.